Everything you've heard about the KISS years and the KISS stage shows and the spectacle is true. It's not a legend. We're going to show every new band how the big boys do it. Everything. We want to give them everything we got. It's really about a lifestyle and an attitude towards winning. But you're kind of like a spaceman. No, actually, I'm a plumber. (laughs) (laughs) To myself, look, Eric, you're going to do the best you can. You know you're good, you know the songs, and that's all you can do. Sort of just like a great opportunity that, that just suddenly landed in my lap. This one's going to be exceptional. Now I'm in the best band. I was in some good bands, but now I'm in the best band. Welcome to Right Between the Eyes podcast, a KISS podcast with three generations of KISS fans telling you why we love it loud. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Myers, and welcome to episode one. You can follow us on a few different social media outlets. We are on Twitter at RBTE Podcast. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Right Between the Eyes Podcast. We have an Instagram page. You can also email into the show at Right Between the Eyes Podcast at gmail.com. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcast, leave a review and star a review for us, and we will read all comments associated across all social media and your emails on the show. Like I said, I'm Rob, and of course, I'm one of your co-hosts, and the other two are the Carusos. Let's start with Nico Caruso. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk about this. It was cool to revisit my father's first kiss, and not the... Not the gross one. No, the not, not the gross one. one. The cool one, you know. Uh, Nick, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. It's really, really awesome to uh, to go back and reflect on this really historical moment in my life that really has had such a deep, profound impact on me. So I can't wait. Cool. Let's get into this thing. So officially episode one, if you've listened to the previous episode, that was our introductory episode, but this is episode one proper. And like we said in our previous episode, this is going to be a little series called First Kiss. Think about that girl in school that you kissed for their very first time. This is going to be that episode. So we're going to start with Nicholas on this one. And uh, I kind of want you to tell the listeners, if this is their first time listening to the show, what was the what was your first kiss with this group? Well, my first kiss was very memorable because it it started the beginning of a I guess a 46 year love affair. And it was the midnight special, which was a uh, syndicate. It was a syndicated show on NBC. I think it was on every Friday night. And I don't believe I caught the original airing. I think I caught like a rerun sometime in the fall of 75, hmm. but it was a Friday night. My parents used to let me stay up late. I was 10 years old and somehow I, it was just at the right time. I happened to flip the channel and lo and behold, Kiss was on the midnight special. <laughs> and it was just like a karma that happened because I I never saw anything like it. I never heard anything like it. I was overwhelmed. My senses were everything, visually, sonically. And um, you know, we'll get into more, but it was it was just undeniably 
not only my baptism into Kiss, but it was really my baptism into rock and roll. Because prior to that, I was a guy that grew up in a household, like I said before on our original podcast, the first one, listening to Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Bobby Darren, mm. and then in the car rides with my mom, listening to whatever WLS was a station here, listening to the top 40. So I had never seen anything like that. I never heard anything like that. And I've never been the same since. Wow. Well, let's give a little bit of history on the uh, Midnight Special for those of us that were maybe, I think I was one <laughs> when, when this aired. So according from the uh, Zen Masters at Wikipedia is where I'm pulling this from, the Midnight Special is an American late night musical variety series originally broadcast on NBC during the 1970s to the early 80s, created and produced by Burt Sugarman. Oh, that's a cool name. Premiered on special on August 19th 1972 and began its run as a regular series on february 2nd 1973 the last episode was aired on may 1st 1981 and the 90 minute program followed by that night edition of the tonight show starring johnny carson i did not know that Mm -hmm. like the syndicated late night cousin don kirshner's rock concert which we will eventually talk about on the show Mm -hmm. the show typically featured guests and hosts experts from the period from july 1974 through march 1976 when uh, Helen Reddy served as a regular host, Wolfman Jack. I have I had an uncle yeah. for the longest time that looked like Wolfman Jack. Thought he was the coolest <laughs> thing. <laughs> Wolfman Jack served as announcer and a frequent guest host. The program's theme song, which Rob is going to try and find and put right here. <laughs> You get up in the morning, you hear the ding dong ring. Now you look up on a table, you see the same darn thing. You find no food up on a table, no fork up in the pan. But if you say a thing about it, you'll be in trouble with a man. I left the midnight special. As a traditional folk song called the Midnight Special was performed by Johnny Rivers. The Midnight Special was known for featuring musical guests and performed live, which was unusual for its time since most of the television performances during this era were lip synced. So we didn't know what lip syncing was till Millie Vanilli made it popular <laughs> to pre-recorded music. Mm. The series occasionally aired vintage footage of older acts such as Bill Haley and his comments. The program also featured performances by comedians such as Richard Pryor, Andy Kaufman, and George Carlin. Well, that's some heavy hitters right there. So big time, big time. Kiss taped their first and only midnight special on April 1st 1974 aired on tv on july 11th deuce she and aces solo premiered on that day and i didn't realize this that it was broken up september 12th 1975 black diamond was shown they played come on and love me that was taped but not shown and i was trying to find some footage of that um, i don't know if you've found anything nicholas or not but uh, i have not no i the, the three songs that i remember was deuce she and then uh, black diamond what I yeah. think is interesting is Dress to Kill was released just two weeks prior mm-hmm. to this on March 19th, 1975. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. And like I said, I, I had no idea who Kiss was. I, I had no idea what rock and roll was, but it was just, and I, and I remember 
you know, rewatching it on YouTube now, Flip Wilson is the one who uh, introduces them. Yeah. And Flip Wilson, I know my son doesn't know who he is, Rob. I think you might. Yeah, yeah. But he's a famous African American comedian who was very famous in those days. He was on Laughing. Yeah, he used to be a regular on the Dean Martin comedy roast, and and he was great. Again, what you're saying it just reminds me how late that I was up. How late my parents used to let me stay up because mm. Johnny Carson was on at 10:30, so this would come on at midnight. And uh, hopefully, you find that theme song because it, it's a really it's a really cool song. And I think it goes along lines of let the midnight special shine its ever loving light on you. Well, this night kiss bombarded me (laughs) with fire, with a baptism of fire that night. And it's just, you know, looking back on the performance, what really strikes me is just how raw in the, and just the unbelievable energy that they have in there. And they're so young. And it's yeah. so early in their career. Like, I didn't know Just the Kill was just released a couple of weeks earlier. I had yeah. no idea. And just to see them, the four of them. And I think the other thing that really stands out to me is that 1975 was a kind of a bench, benchmark year for me because I had discovered comic books mm-hmm. in like April or May. I always tell that story upon going to the drugstore and I, I, the spinner rack caught my eye. And the first thing I saw was Batman number 262. So this is literally like, like a few months down the road. And I think that's the thing too, like seeing these guys, it looked like there were four superheroes (laughs) or four monsters or whatever it was, but the music was so enticing that it just, it just captivated me and, and really, it just really drew me in, you know? So but it, it's just a magical thing. Have you had a chance to rewatch it, Rob? Yeah, I've watched it uh, three times. <laughs> okay. And I thought like, oh, I've, I hadn't watched it on Kissology, but watching it on YouTube. And I was like, I have Kissology because I read something about it. And Kissology only has She and Black Diamond. I originally thought, oh, Kiss is going to have it on there. But those first couple volumes of Kissology, if they were on a TV show, it's usually segmented. It's not the whole thing, mm-hmm. or maybe that's the only rights they had to it. But what I'm going to do right here for you, the listeners, you're actually going to hear the three songs from YouTube. And then when we come back from this, the three of us are going to talk about this amazing, amazing performance. So we'll be right back. And as Gene would say, oh, yeah. pretty outrageous in their appearance, so I figure this outfit should make them feel right at home. Let's have a very warm midnight special welcome for Kiss. Oh, 
My goodness, I don't know if this is the Kiss Army or the Kiss Zoo. But you know something? Tonight's a good night to act like rock and roll animals. All right. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I think if I did that to my drum kit, my wife would kill me. (laughs) (laughs) So just being the drummer in the room, I've got a book here. At home, can't see it, but it's called Kiss Alive Forever. It's a great book. It's, um, I think it's probably out of print now. This came out in, I can't find it. I believe it's 2002. There'll probably be an editor's note here somewhere. But it gives a whole list of every live performance the band has ever played, all the songs and different things. But some little anecdotes from this I'm going to read from. Rick Monroe is his name. says, I remember Pearl gave Peter the brand new drum kit that night. By the end of the set, it was missing pieces. He kicked the crap out of it. (laughs) I think the band was pissed at Peter that night. They had no idea he was going to destroy his drum set. And neither did Pearl, which I thought that was really kind of funny that Pearl's like, hey, promote us, play the drum set, and then Peter trashes it. So that was the end end of it. I kind of spoiled the, the, the sauce here. But let's go back to the beginning, seeing them, you know, Flip Wilson introduces them, and then it kind of cuts over to them. And Gene just kind of looks like he's he's unhinged, like he's, he's coming out and means business. What did you guys think of that? The very first song, Nico, take it away, man. <laughs> Being the youngest one here, I remember watching this on Kissology. We sat down, we watched clips uh, right before the um, Kiss Goodbye on New Year's Eve, but we were really feeling good that night. So now I was able to actually watch it and enjoy <laughs> 100%. And just right away when Deuce kicks in, I mean, this is an electrifying performance. I mean, they're all at 110. I mean, Gene comes out. We got our guy Stanley is he's so animated with he's swinging his arm. He's doing the whole who thing where he's swinging his arm. I'm like, I know he's not hitting any strings. He's just pretending (laughs) he's doing his head, his head flip, man. I'm like, man, he's going to give himself whiplash. (laughs) Ace is on fire and Peter behind the kit is, is a monster. So just the first performance of Deuce is so electrifying. And at that point, I see how someone like my father got hooked immediately because there's these four guys in the makeup coming out hard with a song as fast as Deuce. And what's funny is as the performance goes on, and I'll and I'll talk about this as the next two songs occur too, you see the crowd slowly get into mm, it or and yeah. more and more. And by the time Black Diamond happens, they're all going crazy. It's very cool. It's awesome. When you're a band, I think it's cool to see early performances from bands like this because we're so used to where they're at now. Not saying that that they're phoning it in, but they're older. Right. Some bands we suspect today just cash checks, you know, and just go <laughs> out there and do their thing. Right. Not Kiss though, but I will say seeing them all as being so young and just acting like animals out there is so cool to see because this birthed them you know what i mean like when you're that young you only have one shot on shows like this and oh yeah they did they deliver their one and only performance this would have been hard to follow if they ever came back on the show well i mean you talk about knowing you know hindsight being 2020 we had just said that dress to kill was just released two weeks prior at a time when they're like we're running out of gas in the tank albums aren't selling really well so mm-hmm. they just kiss extreme close up they were talking about oh you don't like this album here's another one here's another one so alive is still down the road a little mm-hmm. bit but this shows people that may have not been going ah who cares about kiss the album's not selling 
I would believe that people in that audience went, holy crap, they just witnessed something. Paul always says it's like rock and roll church and they're converting people right to, you know, the altar of kisses. Paul is famous for saying a thing that I think is cool every single time I see it when any lineup ever does it at the very end, when they're starting their sway back and forth and they start mm-hmm. rocking, like they've got that down. They know exactly mm-hmm. where their placements are. And we'll get to more of that stuff, but all the little things of like Paul running his hands through his hair and primping himself. And then Gene tilting his head left and right. And the way Ace's knees kind of buckle when he's playing, like a lot of that stuff is all choreographed when it initially they thought this is silly, but Neil Bogart was like, or not Neil Bogart, Bill Coin Bill was saying like, That's you right. know, we, we got to have some choreography right? and you buy it because they're buying into it. And just, it's still, I mean, as talking about, I'm getting goosebumps, mm. just seeing them do that for the, for the first time on TV. It's just amazing. Like all those things that we associate with kiss are starting to come out of there. And I was surprised that they had little flame cannons going mm-hmm. off later on i'm like holy crap in this first show there's a lot of things in that first show but you know some of the early television performances you're seeing some of those tropes so nicholas what would you think about deuce yeah i mean you hit it right on the head there i mean look i was i watched the tonight show forever in my earliest memory and i would see a lot of musical acts on there but i've i never saw anything when they when they hit the stage to deuce that thunderous opening riff and then gene's like come on and get your grandma out of here. I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, what did you just say? You know, I'm a 10 year old kid and I'm, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, and then just to watch all the gyrations and you're right at that time. Like, I'm not, I don't know that this is choreographed. It seems so natural the yeah. way they pull it off. And yeah. I'm watching every single one of them. Like I'm mesmerized by Gene, but then immediately I, I go to Paul the the rock god mm-hmm. and then there's peter in the back and and again he's he was my favorite character at the time i'm like is he a cat is that what he is he's playing yeah. the drums and then we got our ace who will break down all the performances but ace is, is really on fire mm-hmm. in this performance so the song continues to go along and i'm just like hooked chorus verse i don't understand what they're saying it's deuce <laughs> come on yeah right and then they get together and they start dancing and it's just once again it's a sensory overload but they hook me right from the first song and it's great i can't tell you you talk about goosebumps it's like that was it for me that was not only kiss that was my introduction into rock and roll it was a life-changing moment i know a lot of people talk about the beatles well i'm not that old enough and i'm not i'm not comparing kiss to the uh to the effect that the Beatles had. But for me, that's what it was. It was my Beatles moment for me. Hasn't Gene said that he doesn't know what the opening lyrics to Deuce mean either? He's like, it yeah, just fell not. right, get up and get your grandma out. He's like, I don't, I don't know. know what it means. It's one of the coolest, <laughs> it's one of the coolest lines. Uh, you know, there's people to this day that say, What does it mean? I say, I don't know. Just listen to the song and get up and, and enjoy get your it. grandma get out, out, out of here. <laughs> It's about to go down. Get her out because <laughs> we don't need her having a heart attack when this is going on. It's right. Oh, man. And something I, I always thought was cool out of Kiss, that there is no microphone center stage. There's mm-hmm. a microphone to the left and right. Mm-hmm. And if Ace is doing backing vocals, he's going to whatever side he happens to be. Mm-hmm. I always call it one. Like Ace just kind of wanders. And it's. And I don't mean that as a disrespect at all. Ace is just in his zone 
He's on his own planet. I think it's just cool. And I like how they, they all have their sides. Ace usually sticks to Paul's side of the stage. I think it's where he was for the most of it. I don't think mm-hmm. until we get to the tail end that he kind of goes over to the other side towards Gene. His solo induced, like Nico, you said it, like it's on fire. Like as you're kind of going back and forth and trying to watch all the members, when the camera zooms in on Ace and he's got his guitar clear up and you're just watching him play, he's hungry. And he sounds like a million, million bucks. So let's let's get to she. And mm. I, I was kind of surprised the first time I saw this. I'm like, well, we've always talked about the come on and love me, you know, was taken out. They was filmed, but not shown. So they do do two songs from the uh, the newest album at the time. But she is also the oldest song mm. in the Kiss catalog that, that goes back to Wicked Lester. So what are you guys' thoughts on on she and especially this performance right here of she? Well, she is. I know the finale is epic, but she is epic because yeah. they work in so much. They work in the little abridged version of Ace's solo. There's a couple drum moments for Peter. It's a good old fashioned eight, nine minute version of the song. Like right. we're also used to if, if they play it when we see them, but man, it's a song that this is when the crowd really, really turns mm. the page. Because the song starts off slow with just Paul's guitar riff. And then everyone's singing. So you're like, oh, the drummer's singing too. Like it's Gene, Paul, and Peter singing. Yeah. And the song's a pretty mellow song with some cool riffs. And then comes a... Like, yeah. <laughs> that classic Kiss solo. When you know a solo is coming, when you hear Ace to the... And... Just when you think they're done, it's like three times because Ace does it, then they stop. Then there's some drum riff by Peter. Then they go again. And then Ace is on the top of the neck of the guitar still playing. (laughs) And then they walk to the side and come back. And it's just, and that's when the flame cannons really start coming. So that's so unique too. Cause when, when you think of a TV performance, you really think of the shorter versions of the songs. Oh yeah. It had been In like life, three minutes, I, boys, yeah. three minutes. Let's, let's go. Exactly. <laughs> Even on SNL, when you get two songs, they're pretty sped up, but they have solos in the middle. They have riffs in the middle. They have two Brit. It's like, wow. It's so cool. Especially from someone who she is one of my favorite kiss songs. Mm. Uh, me, me just going back to watch this and being like, okay, not only is this cool that they played she on TV. Cause it's not a song that you would think kiss would play on TV, at least right. now. If I had to guess what songs they would promote back in the day, she would not be one of them for some reason. And then to see them give the full live show performance, like we're going to blow our load here and we're going to have the cannons. We got a solo. We got Peter on the drums. We got headbanging Paul. We got Gene (laughs) doing God knows what to the right of the stage. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. Something I think is, is funny out of Peter trying to remember as he's starting to go woo yeah. during uh I, I'm, I'm blanking on the lyric but like he has that high-pitched scream a couple times throughout the song and i'm like oh is that paul and i took a second watch i'm like oh. that's peter you know yeah the, um, everybody, everybody yeah, knows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think it's during that song where the camera really starts to the drummers. Sadly, were the ones like, all right, we're not going to film that guy. I would have loved to have been the cameraman. Like who, who the, who the hell are you filming? Like Steve, are you on, are you on the cat? You know, you starting to get that side profile of seeing Peter play and his arms are just moving. So fluid like i'm used to seeing peter later where he's pretty much staying right in his little mm-hmm. triangle but he is all over that kit and i kept watching his ride symbol uh, the one right off his right hand mm-hmm. side i think that thing's gonna fall off he's just mm-hmm. beating that thing like it owes him money or something like mm-hmm. that it's just it's fantastic <laughs> nicholas what do you think about she yeah so again i'm gonna go back in time now to my 10 year old self and this is a major departure from Deuce. It starts out kind of slow, kind of bluesy. I don't know what the blues are at that time, but I'm, I feel different, right? And I'm mesmerized because the drummer's singing now with Gene and Paul. I'm like, wow. I'm like, all three guys are singing. I'm like, where's the other guy? At? Why isn't he singing? <laughs> Get him at the mic, too. So immediately, just to echo what my son said, I mean, all the same feelings are there. This song is got a great groove to it and then it just takes off and it explodes and it's ace i don't know that i've seen ace i've sung so many times on the reunion tour we've seen a lot of these videos from kissology but this to me is some of the best captured ace on film playing Mm -hmm. that i've ever seen and happy 70th to him i know we just celebrated his birthday but kudos to him man he just he just rocks he he goes all out ball out on this song and again, I'd just be echoing a lot of what you guys are saying, but but she is the song that keeps on giving. I'm listening to it. I, I never at that age heard a song go on that long. Mm-hmm. I thought it was over a couple times and it just <laughs> kept coming back. And I wanted more. I wanted it to keep going. That's that's how great of a performance. That's how hot they are, how on fire they are, how inspired they are. And they're taking full advantage of this of this television appearance by no doubt no doubt oh yeah I'm, i kind of wonder what would have been i'm sure it's out there somewhere i just don't have the literature in front of me like what the expectation of kiss was i'm sure there had to be some mm-hmm. greasing of the wheels to get them on the show oh, to yeah. begin with but to say okay how many songs are you doing was gene like no we're going to come out we're going to do this and we're going to go into yeah. she just like you said nico it's one of those when they do pull this out sometimes just ends abruptly and that's the end of the song that outro is usually the key of like all right we're gonna play with this a little bit more yeah it's classic so yeah you're right rob real quick it is funny because you're right like i'm thinking back about it like a coin or bogart from casablanca like somebody was doing something to make sure they got on this show yeah because it's like you said the if dress to kill came out a few weeks earlier none of those albums sold so this was a major achievement that they were able to get this, get them on the show. Yeah. We would know at this point in the show, this is where come on and love me would have happened. And I thought it was interesting. Like when I originally thought it was just the three songs, I thought that's kind of odd for Paul to not be featured. Like, yeah, he's singing in yeah. she mm-hmm. and yeah, he has do it in deuce, but like, there's not really a Paul performance. And then we get to black diamond. So we get to hear that classic intro that paul does where you really get to hear so a lot of people this is all that they heard of paul stanley if they weren't going to the show they didn't buy the record and just that little bit we hear from paul just absolutely flawless his falsetto is 
perfect. And the way he and Gene and Peter are harmonizing with the three of them before they start tearing into Black Diamond. What do you guys think? I know they didn't do it in this, but Black Diamond is usually that part in the show that Paul likes to play with the audience. And it turns into this kind of heavy crunching part in the show that, you know, there's some banter with back and forth. I've always thought that is such a cool part of the song before you get into the the body of it. So let's just kind of break down. What do you guys think about the intro to black diamond? It was the quickest intro to black diamond I've ever seen right? It's also because of, right. of the eight times I've seen them. Like you said, Rob, it's not the case. Every live version we have, it's not the case. He plays with the audience. He wants you to sing it with him. The thing I love about this, and this might sound weird. I love how imperfect guitar wise, his intro always is. Yes. Because even here, there's some strings Mm -hmm. he doesn't hit. There's some strings where the finger doesn't go down. But it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter because he's he's stalling. He's he's teasing you for the thrashing that comes after he says hit it, right? So the only thing I think of in the intro here is I said, Wow, this is the first time I've seen him start playing the intro and then go right to his verse. And then it goes right to hit it. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's not this, not this, he doesn't go into his little stairway to heaven thing that he's been doing at, right. yeah. for like the last 20 years. No, he just goes, right, it just goes right <laughs> into it. And I love it. And I love how raw, like you said that earlier, how raw his guitar part is. He doesn't hit all the strings. He doesn't get his finger down all the way. But I love that because it's this calm before the storm that is Black Diamond. And I love it. Yeah, I mean, you know, this song, somewhere we're going to, down the road, I guess we're going to talk about our favorite songs, but Black Diamond is is like in my top three. from yeah, Just from this show alone and just in history, it's a song when my friends and I used to fool around, I used to sing it. I had a buddy that played guitar and another drummer. What strikes me as we're talking about the show is when you think about this little set list that they do where they open with Deuce and close with Black Diamond, that's kind of what they did in all the shows, really, in the 70s, right? They always opened right. up with Deuce a lot, you know, till like Love Gun or, or Rock and Roll Over. And then Black Diamond is always at the end or it's the end before the first encore. And yeah. she's in the middle. And she's always, and right. She's in exactly, the middle. Exactly. Usually. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm a real sucker for Kiss songs when they start out slow and then they get loud. Like Paul says, it's going to start out soft <laughs> and then it's going to get hard. It's going to get hotter. <laughs> yeah, or it's going to... says that yeah, in uh, MTV bottom. Unplugged when they do rock, rock bottom. Right. Now it gets rough. So, <laughs> so once again, transforming back in time to my 10-year-old self, here they are. They start with this very melodic intro. I finally get to see the star child sing. It's very harmonic. It's, it's a beautiful little lyric. And then we get to the opening of the song and then it just it just takes off and again transforms me into another another place but the intro here is the closest intro to the to the album oh yeah peter's vocals on this mm. he is singing from the belt he's singing from the knees and it's just it's one of those that i understand why it's been a staple of a lot of kiss shows so like for a while i mean it, it was something that it got passed from drummer to drummer like once Eric Carr came into the band in eighty in nineteen eighty, he started singing. Eric Singer didn't start singing it till about ninety five, but it's that was one of those songs that was missing a, a while from Kiss 
set list. So now it's, this is just a monstrous performance by Peter. And I clearly see why a lot of people really have an affinity for Peter Chris. Yeah. I mean, the song, like what, once I see Peter sing it too, like, again, it just, it began my love affair with him and you're right. His vocals are incredible. He's got that kind of Rod Stewart, scratchy kind of vocal technique. And again, Black Diamond, what is Black Diamond? I don't know. I'm 10 years old, man. It just sounds so powerful and so cutting edge to me. Grandma, get and back in here. What's Black Diamond? Grandma, yeah. Where's Grandma at? They ever come back in. And here's the other thing, too. The song, from a performance standpoint, has everything in it, right? Mm-hmm. It's got the great, you know, opening, the slow intro to the thunderous hit it and it takes off and it's got again ace has some of the best guitar solos in the song i mean it's another classic i loved it so much on the reunion tour they used to play the crap out of it and it was Mm -hmm. always a crowd pleaser for me this is a song that no matter how many times i've seen him 25 plus i never get tired of this song Mm -mm. and again i know nick you talk a little bit more about the rest of the song and then we got to get to the ending because the ending is also what left such a lasting impression on me the fire's coming out. We're getting a little bit more fire and they're really out of control at the end of the song. I mean, they're, it's just unhinged and it's, it's out of control and it's beautiful. It's we're witnessing rock and roll royalty. They made sure to give you a kiss show in three songs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like we said, we open with deuce. She is in the middle with all the souls and such. And then dude, black diamond is my second favorite kiss song. And no, I've used that twice now. But imagine seeing the drummer sing and he's kicking the crap out of the kit. You got the solos, you got Ace on his knees, you got them swaying, oh, yeah, yeah. almost like they're bowing to him, but they're standing up because he's such a god on the guitar. And then, dude, when Peter starts kicking off the kit, this well, is a television performance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to rush, but I have to. And when the fog starts coming out, oh, yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have had your 10 year old eyes and going, what, what am I seeing? Of course we know the fog starts coming out. The riser's going to lift up. And if you've heard the album, you know, that's when it starts going there. It starts slowing down. The cymbal hits and the chords go on and on and on and not in a bad way. But that's just when Peter starts obliterating this, this beautiful 1975 pearl oh, lacquer drum. Beautiful. Yeah, and they're they're chucking pieces, and like the very end of it, you see people rushing to the stage. I don't know if it's roadies or whatever, but it looks like people are starting to grab stuff. Like I, I got to get a piece of this because I just witnessed something cool. What a tremendous way! Three songs in out. I would say in out and done, but it was in. They put your thumb on it, Paul, and then blew the roof off the dump. I would not like I talked off mic. I would not want to be Jojo, the idiot circus boy juggling after like, hey, that was Kiss. Now we got Chuckles Rob over here. He's going to do some ventriloquist for us. Rob, how pissed do you think they were, Peter? That drum kid cost (laughs) money, man. I mean, you know, it was given to him. It was promotion. I mean, I guarantee you that Uh, that they were like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jeans like Peter. Peter, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Paul's like, stand, Peter. Stand, uh, (laughs) Ace is like, oh, no, man, that was cool, man. He kicked the kid off, man. Those people, man. You don't understand, Curly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man, again, I, you know, 10 years, I saw that and I was like, I didn't realize, now I realize Peter did a Keith Moon. I understand that, yeah, you know, yeah. from the who. But again, it was just so cool to see. And it was like, when it was over, I was just like, I want more. 
like a lot more. Like I want to watch this every night. I want to listen to it. Where do I get it? And it's literally somewhere around our time, probably one o'clock in the morning or <laughs> asking my mom. And she's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I went to bed that night and I was just like, I got to find this band. I need to research. I don't know how I'm going to do this. My young self, how am I going to figure this out? And it was just, again, I, I am being honest with you guys. I'm not trying to be cheesy, but it was the beginning of this relationship, all the money spent, all the years invested, you know, making friendships, getting my son into the band. And it's all because of this midnight special. Now, I would like to think I would have discovered him somewhere down the road, right? I, I might have heard it on the radio yeah. somewhere, but I don't know. And I probably would have, but just seeing this, like you said, it is almost like a mini complete concert, right? Mm -hmm. Just these three songs, the 15 or 16 minutes, they gave you a little bit of everything that they do. And it was just enough to hook me for life. I'm still at a loss. It's been a long time since I've watched this and some of the earlier stuff. I'm like, ah, I'd rather see more late seventies. This is a well-polished kiss. They didn't go out there and were like, uh, what? Are, are we are we doing this thing like they knew exactly even in little spots during she where Peter's doing that kind of like jungle groove thing where just Paul and Gene are alternating back and forth with one another and Ace has his movements down like you could probably watch 15 performances throughout the years with this version of kiss and those moves are in every single show down to a T it's a well-oiled machine in 1975 by album three. Yeah. And Rob, you know, and the things we saw probably after that were the lip sync things and yeah. it's cool, but there's something about, I've always been a live guy. I'm not a big lip sync guy, but I understand when you're on the Paul Lynn Halloween TV special and Don Kirshner, and we're going to get into all those in later podcasts. And those are great. They look cool. The lighting, everything, but, there's just something about it being so raw and so live mm -hmm. that makes it special to me, which is why I prefer that. I always prefer the live, the real live albums than, mm -hmm. you know, the ones that they go in and, and we'll get into that stuff too. But that's why it's so magical. This, this midnight special, it's really them. There's no one behind the stage playing for them. Mm -hmm. There's no backing tracks, nothing like that, man. These are these four guys in their early to mid twenties. And they're given a shot here and, and they, they go all out here to leave an impression on the viewer. And they do. And, they and, do. and what's cool is whether you're a Kiss fan or not, this is the birth of their takeover, right? I know it really starts with Alive, but if you saw this mm -hmm. at the time, like you did, Dad, that would make anyone go, okay, they're going to be big. Yep, right. They're going to be big. This band's coming. And it, and it was so cool to go back as a newer, younger Kiss fan to watch this and say, this is one of those moments in the band's career, in the band's early career, where this turned heads, this silenced doubters, and this brought a whole bunch of fans. Because what happens, I know Just the Kill still had to come out, but what they later do with Alive, they got to pair that with this. Yep. And when yeah. people listen to Alive the first time, I think they thought of the Midnight Special if they saw it. And this, this is the band we want. They're best when they're live. They're best when you're there. They're best when you see them. And what better way to to have Kiss really introduced to the mainstream world than this Midnight Special? I would give a lot to go back in time and be in that crowd and be able to be like, whoa. Yeah. Can you imagine that? You're you're going to the taping of the Midnight Special, and yeah. they run through all the features. Oh, and Kiss. 
and what the conversation must have been as you're walking out going, holy shit, what did we just see? You know, that's amazing. Talk about memorable first kisses. That's, that's a really good first kiss. My first kiss coming up on the next episode they're completely two different kisses, you know. Different, <laughs> but unique. <laughs> That's the beauty of us, though. That's the beauty yeah. of the relationship we have. How it's all different. It's fantastic, man. Yeah, and that's that's what you're going to find out through the show. Is we're hitting like three generations of of Kiss fans here. We've got a father and son dynamic going on, but even then, their experiences are going to be. It's so cool with this band. They can be different, but be the same at the exact same time. And then we've got me that was planted right in the eighties when I jumped aboard, you know, kiss planet. So this is going to be the fun thing with this podcast. We're going to cover a lot of different ground and just different forms of medium and things like that, that show you why this is our favorite band. So final thoughts on the midnight special before we cut episode one and get in the car and head to Detroit for the next uh, show. <laughs> Let's start with, we'll, we'll save a uh, Nicholas for the end here. So Nico, final thoughts on this. I'll be honest with you, upon rewatching this and talking about it, this is, aside from all the times I've seen them, this is one of my favorite KISS performances because it's so raw, it's so passionate, and it's it's their birth. They had one shot on live TV, and boy, did they make sure whoever performs on this stage after us, well, we're sorry to be you because we we blew stuff up our drummer threw down the drum kit and our guitar <laughs> player he brought us all the space with him wonderful this will be something cool to do it's hard to rank like where does this stand because we haven't reviewed and talked about a lot mm-hmm. but we have another one coming up around the corner that we're going to do a live performance so it'll be kind of yeah. cool to see you know how all these live performances that we'll eventually talk about like where they're going to rank with yeah. stuff so for for me this is like i said earlier this is a baptism by fire if you happen to catch this live when it happens or you're like hey i want to check out this kitsology that we've been talking about you know you can still find it around or just go to youtube i'll have a link in the show yeah. notes that you can go right check this out if you've never seen it of course if you're a kiss fan you're listening to this you've probably watched it a lot maybe this is one if you haven't watched it in a while go back and check nicholas final thoughts on the midnight special yeah again not to repeat myself but it, it was my introduction but i i can only say that if you are a kiss fan and you haven't watched this for a while, Rob, you have to go watch it again mm-hmm. because it will clearly remind you why you love them, why you respect them, why you know they're the greatest man in the land. Just go ahead and watch it, please. Well, that's where we're going to end this episode. Thanks for tuning in. And like we like to say this time, we like it loud, but more importantly, we like it right between the eyes. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Right Between the Eyes, a KISS podcast. All music and sound clips belong to their respected copyright holders. No infringement is intended in any way by this show. It's used to enhance your listening pleasure and to make the show come more alive. So if Gene could not send his lawyers, that would be amazing. You can get a hold of us a few different ways. We are on Twitter at RBTE Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Right Between the Eyes Podcast. We are also on Instagram and very soon YouTube as well. You can also email into the show and we will read all emails and this will allow you to participate in the discussion. You can do so at rightbetweentheeyes at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. 
We hope that you have enjoyed this episode and hear why Kiss is still the hottest band in the world and why they still hit us right between the eyes. See you in a few weeks, Kiss family. Kiss family.